You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Week 3 of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for Week 4 with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off another action-packed week, DraftKings is giving new customers $150 instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. Listen up, because you don't want to miss this. Head to DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 on any game this week and receive $150 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code THPN to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code THPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and a $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. The only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. And welcome to the 4th Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 146 of the Big Show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? End of the work week. Look at this, I already got people texting me. They know I'm on the air. But uh, beginning of the work week, here we go. Let's hit, well, we're, I'm going to give you some audio entertainment to attack the work week here, as I'm sure most of you are listening on Monday morning. And on your commute to work or in your cubicle, wondering where the weekend went. But uh, we'll get through it together here. Uh, I want to thank you very much for tuning in. Tuning in. Um, 
I know it's sort of been, uh, it, it, well, it has, it's been three kind of solo episodes here in a row. And I know, uh, I mean, I, I know that's what like the Sunday shows are all about, but, uh, actually I really don't like doing solo episodes on Wednesday. I like, you know, that you have someone else to, you know, an interview or what have you. Um, I know you guys kind of at this point, I guess, expect it because that's the way it's always been very seldom have I done solo episodes on Wednesday, but, uh, yeah, like I said in the episode, uh, that episode, uh, you know, you can't make people come to the phone. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm definitely trying to, trying to get you guys, uh, some interviews for you. And, um, it's been tough. It's, it's really, um, you know, you talk to anybody in podcasting that kind of does this with, like, especially with interview shows. Um, yeah, it just comes in waves. Like sometimes you have like multiple guys ready to rock and roll and do interviews. And then other times, I mean, it's like, I was about to ask Alec, I'm like, fuck, have you heard, is my name mud out there or what? Like people not, I mean, they're not answering my calls, I guess. I don't know what happened, but, uh, yeah, it just goes in waves like that. And, uh, and before you know, it, it's, it's weird because before you know it, it's like six days goes by and there's another Wednesday staring you in the face and you don't have a guest yet. So, um, you know, as I'm recording this, it's Saturday afternoon and, um, to be completely honest, I still haven't got done an interview yet for the Wednesday show. So, I mean, essentially today's a write-off. So I have Sunday, Monday, Tuesday to get it done. So I have three days to find someone. So I'm working on it. I sent a few texts out, uh, actually just before I hit record here. So hopefully, um, something lands. Um, if not, um, well, I, I guess I'll be, I'll be back here on Wednesday talking to you guys again, but, uh, I'm, I'm really hoping to have a guest and I apologize for not doing that, but, um, such as the podcasting game, right? Um, but anyway, what are we going to talk about today? Well, today, uh, as I said, having done three of these in a row now, um, I tried to do, I'm trying to do something a little different. Um, so it's not just me meandering around talking about whatever. Um, so I went on social media uh, a couple days ago and, uh, I said, well, let's do a question and answer episode then. Um, I have a few questions from before. I was going to do one of these before and I got a bunch of questions and then I think it was a guest that I didn't think was going to show up, showed up. And, and then I kind of forgot about doing these. So I have a few of the older questions cause they're evergreen questions, but, um, you know, I had a few people respond and, uh, yeah, I have some, uh, some questions here in front of me and I will do my best to answer them for you. I really have, I wrote them down kind of and looked at them, but I haven't, oddly enough, I kind of, uh, went on and did something else and I've sort of not forgotten about these questions, but I didn't really, um, I didn't put, uh, like a, what is it? I didn't do a lot of thorough research or anything. Um, but I think I have a pretty good handle on some of these. So, uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. The Q and a portion of the show. Um, Again, oh, I want to say for the, uh, for the episode before, uh, I, I will try not to swear as much in this episode. Well, I know I won't swear as much in this episode as I did in the last episode. Unfortunately, uh, last Wednesday, uh, a lot of shit was going on. Uh, I was not in a good mood and I probably shouldn't have actually even been recording an episode, but I wanted to get something out in terms of just having content out there. But yeah, I was a little salty to say the least. And I, I think I set the record for most. F bombs in a, in a show. Um, so, cause even when I went back, I did, 
I went back and listened. I'm like, was that as bad as I thought it was? And uh, that was actually one of the very few shows that I've ever gone back. I don't listen to my own shows, but I did go back and listen to a bit of that one. And it was like, hey, that's a little cringy. But uh, so I'd like to apologize to everybody for the uh, for the language. Um, I mean, not that I won't swear on this one or from future guests for future shows, but um, yeah, that that was a little much. All of a sudden, it turned into a you know 1988 Andrew Dice Clay album or something, but. Uh, uh, yeah, but that was, that was pretty, uh, that was a shit day. We'll put it that way. But, uh, we're here now, you know, let's roll on. But, uh, yeah, well, I think, um, yeah, I don't really have too much to say other than just the, the question and answer thing. Um, like I said, I won't keep you too long today. Um, I'm really, that's the one thing I have been very, um, aware of cognizant of um is the length of the shows i'm really trying to reduce um i mean the sunday episodes are all between you know 40 to an hour um i'm i'm definitely looking to keep it maybe lowering it even to like you know 30 to 40 minutes um yeah i mean it depends how much i decide to ramble like i'm doing right now um but I know with the player interviews, um, it, a lot of it depends obviously on the player's answers and how much they want to get in. You know, you can just sort of feel, you know, if guys will expand on things or if they won't. But um, a lot of the full length interviews, I'd like to get down to about an hour and a half. And, um, you know, and then the, the, the five toughest, eh, the same thing as a set, 30 to 40 minutes would be ideal. Um I don't know. I, I find if you if you're going over two hours, um, I don't know. It starts, and but again, it depends. I guess it depends on the guy's answers and how engaged he is. Um, you know, if they're still into it and telling stories and really getting into it, then okay, cool. I mean, I could do it all night. But um, a lot of times, if a guy's just you know, if his if he's given almost canned generic answers to each. Oh, he's a tough guy. Oh, yeah, he was good, too. Oh, yeah. No, he's a little crazy. Yeah, tough guy. I mean, how many times do you want to hear that about, you know, and I, I remember uh, there's, I'm not going to say who, there's been a few guys I've had on that were like that. And, um, you know, you're trying to, like, tell them, like, okay, I kind of need something from you. Like, you got to give me something about some, some of these guys, like some stories or an incident or whatever. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, some guys just aren't storytellers. And that's fine. I mean, but at the, you know, whatever, but at the same time, it's like, okay, well, we can't just for next, for the next hour, just keep going and hearing that this guy was really tough and oh, it was a good fight. Well, okay. You know, so I think, um, you know, and I'll see, I guess that'll be, I mean, in a case by case type basis, I guess, um, how I handle the interviews going forward. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, get the feel of the guy and how, and what he's doing and, in terms of his answers and, and we'll go from there. But, uh, yeah, I think as we go on here, I think I was, I was talking about that with somebody the other day is kind of just sort of shortening the length of the episodes. I mean, um, now again, if the content's there and he's telling good stories and he's engaged, obviously we'll, you know, it'll be same old, same old, you know, we'll go for as long. But, um, I think overall there was probably a bunch of episodes that I could have literally shaved half an hour off of and it wouldn't have mattered. I don't think it would have hurt the episode at all. So, um, you know, we'll see. Well, at this point, I got to get someone on the phone to see how to put this into practice. I mean, that's easier said than done. So we'll see going forward. But, uh, no, other than that, guys, um, you know, 
uh, I don't know. There was some stuff today or this week, I guess, as the preseason goes on. And, you know, I had a few guys, to, you know, they sent me the links to the fights. And it's like, eh, you know, I don't. You know, I it's come to the point. I, I guess I, I really don't fucking care. I don't. I don't give a shit. Like, I saw some of the clips of these new... I don't know who any of these kids are fighting. And, I mean, good for them. But it's like, who gives a shit? I don't know. It's a bunch of guys with four career fights fighting. So, I don't really... It has no interest. I have no interest in it. I mean, really, unless it's pretty much a fucking Brett Gallant fight at this point. I mean, at Reeves or Lucic, I guess. Like, stuff like that. If it's a name guy, maybe. But two kids in preseason that it's like, oh, whatever. Like, I don't care. Like, I'm not, I don't go to hockeyfights.com and, and watch, even when the season's on, I don't, like, going to watch Max, going and tuning in to see Max Domi fight, I don't, whoever, the, Adam Larson or something. I, who fucking cares? I don't care. I'm not watching it. So, you know, and I mean, I, there were some fights over in the in the UK, and it's just like, eh, whatever. I don't know who these people are. So it it, it was funny. There there were a band out there that I I uh, I talked to from time to time in the UK. We'll go back and forth. And um, oh, who did he bring up? He's asked me about somebody. It's like Jordan Nolan or something. And it's like I don't know who that is. It's like oh, it's Ted Nolan's kid. I'm like okay. I mean, I guess I worded it wrong. I mean, I've, I've heard the name, but I'm like, I have, I couldn't, I don't remember any of his fights or I've never watched him. There's no knock on the guy. It's just, I don't, I, I think sometimes when I, I say I don't watch people, oh yeah, yeah, sure. No, I don't. Like, I really don't. Unless it's on, like, cause my wife doesn't give a shit. So I'm not going to sit here and watch hockey with her. She does not going to watch it. So, and I'm not going to watch it by myself. I mean, if I go over to the parents' house, the old man might have it on. But we're sitting there kind of drinking beers and farting around on the computer and just talking and whatever. We're not glued to the game. You know, and other than that, I mean, I don't know if we go out to eat, which, I mean, well, with everything that's going on, that hasn't happened in like a year. So, I mean, unless it's on somewhere that I go to, I'm not paying any attention to it. So I think when people, when I tell people I legitimately don't watch, they're like, yeah, sure. I'm like, other than what I see on my timeline when I'm scrolling, like I'll, I'll see the hit that everyone's whining about because it's all over social media. I'll see that, but it wasn't because I was watching the game. It's because it came across my timeline. But other than that, no, I'm not watching any, I don't know who these people are. Like some guy sent me the thing for Boston there. Oh, it's got 80 minutes and 10 games. Who? I don't know who that is, nor do I care. Like, I, he's not going to fight. It's like, I don't give a shit. It doesn't matter to me. He'll have four fights in Providence this year, and everybody will be talking about, oh, this is the toughness the Bruins need to bring up. Oh, yeah. Like, who gives a shit? Like I said, this is like at the game. Like, I will, I'll be completely, I was just saying to my brother on text here, the game has completely passed me by. Like, I don't care. I don't give a fuck about hockey. I don't. I don't have any kids involved in it, so I have no reason to watch it. It's just like, I don't care. So, I don't know what else to tell you. When I say it on so I've said it a million times on social media. I'm serious when I say it. I'm not just saying this because it's, oh, it's a gimmick, a character I'm playing. No, I don't really watch. And I don't care that I don't. Like, whatever. 
So, yeah. So for a few of those guys send me clips and stuff, yeah, thanks, but I'm not watching them. I don't care. Like, whatever. I mean, now and again, maybe, oh, you gotta see, this was a real good one. And oh, yeah, it was. They went and, you know, back and forth. And I mean, we got to get in our half a dozen jersey jabs and everything else. And it was like, oh, okay, well, that was great, but whatever. Good for them. Warriors. Oh, yeah, Warriors. Yeah, they're gonna talked into it, but okay, yeah, they're Warriors, sure. You know, whatever that means these days. But anyway, there's my. Oh, and the one topic I will. Not really. I'll just I'll briefly address it. <clears throat> I find it amusing every time because this happened to me when I put up a Tony Twist picture the other day. Right away, it's like, oh, is that pre-roid Twist or po-, you know? It's okay. What drug test did Twist fail? It's it's funny how everyone just assumes oh Twist was this big roid monkey and that's why he was good because no one it was he broke Rob Ray's face because it was unfair because Ray, Ray wasn't on anything. How the fuck do you know if Ray was on anything? And the, for that matter, how do you know Twist was on anything? Like, we've seen Twist. Like, you're all talking like he was the size of fucking Mark McGuire or Barry Bonds or something. He, 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 he wasn't, he's not that big. Like, I should say, like, yeah, he was strong and he was big, but I mean, Okay, like, I'm not saying he didn't take them. I'm not saying he did take them. But Twist was a big dude in junior when he was 18. Like, so it wasn't like all of a sudden he got, or when he was in Quebec, he was like, you know, it wasn't like the Barry Bonds thing. And he was a real string bean, and all of a sudden he gets to St. Louis and he's massive. I mean, Patrick Cote would dwarf Twist. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was, um, you know, yeah, he was big, but he wasn't that big. Like, I don't know why everybody goes on that, like, oh, and I, I just, everyone has access to his drug records or something. Like, he was this big roid monster. No, no one else was, and that's why Twist was good. Oh, no one else was? Like, if you really believe that no one outside of Twist in the NHL was on roids, like, here, hold on, I got a plot of, I got a plot of Swampland to sell you. Like, let's be serious here. Like, you know, oh, performance enhancing drugs. Oh, yeah, those aren't in hockey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, so I'm not going to say Twist did it or didn't do it, you know, or start making these de- these decisions like, well, he didn't do them in Quebec, but in St. Louis for sure. Oh, okay. You'd know for sure because you, you, you've watched eight Tony Twist fight clips, so you know. <laughs> okay. Like, Oh, do you see him when that, that one fight when all the stuff came out? He was, he was, he's bigger than the other guy, so he must be on something. Okay. You know, and again, I'm a, was he? Yeah, probably. But I mean, whatever. But it's like, like this noticeable size difference. It's like, not really. But whatever. Oh, yeah. Then the one guy's like, well, go watch his plate. Like, he's obviously bigger. Well, yeah. He's also 30. And when he was in Saskatoon, he was 18. Yeah. You know, I I think we're all a little bigger at 28, 29 than we were at 18 or 17. I mean, fuck, really? That's that's just called growth, idiot. So, yeah, like, I don't know. I just find it as soon as you bring up roids or twist, it's, oh, yeah, roid boy. You know, oh, yeah. I always like, well, because Ray wasn't on it. How the fuck would you know? Oh. 
of course, then the Probert fan club, the the fucking ass kissing fanboys got to try. Bobby, Bobby never was. Oh yeah, yeah it says right in the documentary. The wife says right in the documentary that Probert was on him. So yeah, yeah, it wasn't for long though. Oh yeah, because like you would know, like oh, who gives a shit? Like who cares? Like it's just it's a amu- it's amusing how. That just always comes up. It's like the same as when you mentioned Parker. Probert beat him. You know, okay, thanks. Bring up Twist. Roids. Yeah. Fuck fight fans can be so douchey. I think I've just, I've just had it with fucking hockey fans in general. I'm just, regardless, fight fans, hockey fans. I'm like, like not sane, like the sane ones like Alec and Dr. Longmire there, Chris and, um, you know, guys like that, Searson and normal people. But, like, most of these f- clowns and these fight boards, it's just, like, embarrassing. Like, oh, God. Like, you've just bought... it. I guess it's amazing. There really is, like, the myths, the urban legends. Because it, it is amazing how people cling to them. And I see, like, in terms of, like, the fight lore and stuff... Oh, like the one guy's going, oh, the three greatest fighters in hockey, Probert, Gordie Howe, and Larry Robinson. Oh, when Larry, Larry destroyed the hammer, it ended the Philadelphia Flyers. Okay, well, you realize that when that fight happened, the Flyers won the cup that year and the next year. So, now clearly it didn't end the Flyers' reign. And the, the Robinson-Schultz fight's the most overhyped bullshit. I brought this up on the episode before, so I'm not going to say it again, but it's like people just buy into this shit. Well, if Larry wanted to be, he could have been a heavyweight. Go watch his 20 fights of his career. Who was Robinson beating that was so tough? Slapping around Dale Dale Hunter and, like, you know, Lucien Deblois. You know, also Big Bird's the man. Like, give it a rest. Like, God, you believe this bullshit. But they do. People just buy into this urban, these urban legends. It's so... It's real. I didn't think it was, but it's real. But before we get into the question, oh, and the one last thing before all this, um, I'm not going to say his full name, uh, but when it came, when I had put the um, uh, minor league mayhem tournament out there, like the final bracket, and just oh, Mac won. Congrats! Thanks everybody for voting. Blah blah blah. <clears throat> there was a guy who posted on actually on numerous different uh, boards um, underneath my topic. That I had stolen the episode, stolen the idea. And Howard, um, I sent you, I asked you on Facebook, what are you talking about? What, whose idea did I steal? And I asked you in private, who's, you keep saying I stole this idea. Whose idea did I steal? And Alec brought it up to you. And your only response to me was okay. That was his one, he replied with okay. I'm like, well, that's, that's not an answer. So I don't know, like, do you just, you publicly throw out accusations, but when you're confronted on them and Alex said the same thing to you and your response to him was, oh, it just a joke, bro. Okay. Well, uh, I, I've show me the punchline. I, I don't understand. Sorry. I, I, I guess I'm being dense. I don't get the joke. You accuse somebody of of plagiarism or stealing, and but then when you're called on it or asked to explain your statement, it's oh just a joke, brah. Uh, okay, well that's not an answer. 
and, and answering me okay. Like, I don't know, like, what what's your deal? What are you trying to... Like, it, it that's fucking gutless, man. Like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna say this shit, and like, and so, when you're, con- ah, if you're gonna make a statement, when you're confronted on it, and asked to explain it, explain it. Don't, oh, it was just a joke, man. Like, I don't get, if it was just a joke, then take it down. Because I don't appreciate being out on, in the Facebook groups, the fight groups and stuff, um, being, a, being accused of stealing. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm calling you now. I'm not going to put out your full name, but your name's Howard. Some Howard K, we'll say. Um, I, I don't appreciate, uh, you going around the, the fight groups saying I stole ideas. You know, and I, so I, like, who, who did I steal? That's what I'm asking. Cause I, if I, if I legitimately, well, first of all, if I legitimately, I had no clue anyone else was, I have never seen this on Twitter before. We'll put it that way when I did the tournaments. So I don't know what you're talking about. So fill me in. And like I said, I asked for the details. So I'd like to know whose idea do you think I ripped off? If it was yours, let's talk about it. But, uh, your only response is K. Okay. Well, that's gutless, man. So again, I don't appreciate the accusations and then I find it even more pathetic when you don't answer or your answer is just a joke I'm just kidding oh that's you're fucking hilarious you should be up on stage telling your jokes like what so you have my message reply to it don't be gutless hiding behind a keyboard if you're going to make accusations stand up if you're going to say something back it up but uh, anyway, on we'll we'll move on. Oh, I haven't even done the sponsor thing yet. Well, I'm sponsored by the Hockey Podcast Network. There's over 50 shows in the network, so whatever and and all the NHL teams are represented. So whatever team you're a fan of, there's a show for you. And of course, with preseason rolling and everything happening and cuts going, I mean, all those shows will be busy. So uh, check those out uh, for my off-network friends. Of course, we have Alec over at the Five for Fighting uh, Massage Parlor or podcast. Um, he had just had his interview with uh, his live show with John Searson is out now. And uh, they actually, they were, they were talking about my tournament on there and some L&H, L&H fights and, and everything else. And uh, it, it's fun listening to those two. Uh, you know, so definitely, definitely check that out. And um, yeah, I, um, I'm, I'm not sure who Alec has as a guest coming up. I'm, him and I have actually sort of been in the same boat lately, I think, in trying to get guests. So um, I definitely feel for him. Um, welcome back. And uh, But in the meantime, with Alex show, you can definitely check out his back catalog. It's tremendous. He's had Bia Lois, Yablonski, Rob Ray, um, on and on. And uh, no, does a great job. And uh, see, that's the, here, I'm not even going to, not even going to shit on him this week. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, uh, you know, because I always call him a mud show. And, you know, that's not fair to mud. So, I, um, no, I'm going to lay off him this week. Actually, I'll tell you, this is, you know why? Because if, if people continue to not answer my phone, I might have to, I might get so desperate, I might have to phone Alec just to fill in. So, I, I, I got to be nice to him, you know, uh, or else he's going to stop answering my text. You know, part-time only, uh, I, have to, I might have to get him on the show on Wednesday. I don't know what we'll talk about, but 
Um, you know, we'll see. But no, five for fighting podcast. Definitely check it out. And Alec runs the Enforcer Appreciation page on Facebook. That uh, if you're on Facebook, you should sign up for um, lots of pictures and videos in there. And, and and there is some good fight talk. I mean, every once in a while there's a goof, but overall the fight talk's a lot of fun. Like I said, it's, it, it basically goes back to the old fight message board days, which you know, or the old everybody remembers. Well, the older people, I guess, remember the fight message boards and uh, and the fun that we used to have on those back in the early 2000s and stuff. And it's sort of the same idea real or i mean as close as you're going to get nowadays to it so um but yeah just sign up for that and uh every friday or most fridays i guess alec will do a live show uh, on uh, on the show on the uh, on the page and he's had uh he had bone and sean pete on and um then he had searson on and of course uh dr chris and yeah so no it's a kind of a cool little thing and they'll share fight clips and they'll talk about it and it's just you know, if you're just hanging out on a Friday night, log in and, uh, you know, you can chime in while they're talking and, uh, it's a real interactive deal. So I really hope the idea takes off. And unfortunately I was going to say, I haven't, even, you know, for all my talk, I haven't really been around for them. So I'd like to, as the winter comes here, um, I will certainly be around for more of them. And, uh, you know, I love chiming in and ripping on those guys, but, uh, but it's also fun. Just it's like eh, it's hanging out with fight, fight fans on your couch and watching tilts. I mean, so it's, it's pretty fun. So definitely check that out. Also, Jolt and Joe Lazito, Garrett Lazito, over at the Coliseum Chronicles. Uh, Joe, of course, just had uh, Matt Karkner on, put two parts, and uh, tremendous guest. And, uh, yeah, again, another uh, great back catalog. And, of course, with Joe, it's Islander Enforcer-based podcasting. So, I mean, he's had Fakoda and Strudwig and Asham and Eric Bolton and all them on. So, yeah, Joe does a great job with the back uh, You know, he's got a great back catalog, does a great job with the interviews really thorough um i would say like i said i always thought i was thorough shit joe joe's got i think he's got medical charts on these guys that's how far back he goes but uh yeah he uh he does a great job and uh like i said he's the uh he's the prince of long island he's got merch his face is everywhere everywhere you go out there uh in long island you'll see jolton joe and um yeah you know, and we're, and we're, we're talking balls, logs, poles, you name it. Joel, put it in your hands. So definitely check out the Coliseum Chronicles, Joel and Joel Lazito. Actually, there's a guy. <clears throat> I mean, way back when I had Joe on my show, of course, to, you know, with just his incredible story. Um, if, if everybody does, if people listening don't know at this point, type in Joel Lazito in Google. You figure it out real quick. Read that story. But, um, um, I'll have to get Joe back on. Um, I'd really like to, uh, now, um, now that I'm thinking out loud, um, cause remember the old, uh, for the older listeners, of course, the tough guy magazines that used to come out once a year. Um, Joe was a editor, the writer in those, uh, for the rankings and, and, and other things as well as the bad boys books with Stan Fisher. Um, and I know we talked about that in our interview, but, um, uh, that was so long ago. Um, I should get Joe back on. And we'll, uh, and, and we could do something like that. I'd like to maybe grab one of the magazines and go over the ratings for that year and just what he was thinking at the time and that type of thing. So that idea actually just came to me as I was sitting here. So Joe, I know you're listening. So I think we're going to have to do that, but I'm going to have to get you to grab one of those old magazines or I'll get one of the listeners to, cause all mine are packed away. But, um, in the meantime, definitely check out Joe, <coughs> pardon me, Joe's show. And uh, we'll see how the bills do. We'll see how many tables get broken this week. And apparently Mrs. Lazito's a big table jumper. 
So it's not even Joe. Uh, and uh, Mrs. Lazito's jumping through tables. So, uh, you know, we'll see. Joe smashing watermelons. His riders are playing here right away. They're playing the Stampeders today. I should have made Joe a bet is what I should have done. But uh, go Stamp. But because uh, Joe's a rider. Even though he's out in Long Island, he is a rider fan. So we'll see how that goes today. But uh, Jolt and Joe Lazito. Give it the Lazito. But uh, all right, guys. Let's get into this question and answer. I have stuff written down here. I mean, that's everybody's just, just dying to hear my answers on these things. But uh, I think some of the topics, some of the questions are pretty interesting. Uh, so, you know, like I said, some of them are pretty evergreen. But um, there's there's some interesting ones on here for sure. And uh, I'm so I, I realized, sorry, I didn't write down a lot of the names. I just sort of wrote the question as I was writing the questions down. Um, I mean, I guess I could go back and look, but you know, whatever. Um, for those that contributed, thank you very much. If I don't, if I don't get to your question, like I'm just overrun with so many questions. Um, I was basically writing them out right now. And then, uh, um, like I said, for the time thing, I, you know, I, I've kind of condensed them. So, uh, but I want to thank everybody who replied to my post. Um, I'd also, you know, well, Alec, Alec and I were saying it. I mean, you put up a probert picture, you'll get 10,000 responses. You ask a question and it's crickets, which gets a little frustrating. Although I did have a bunch of people send me some private, private message about questions, which I appreciated. But for the most part, I understand. Alec was a little frustrated yesterday and, and I've, I've been there a million times. I completely get it. I was on board with him. I know what he's saying. Um, you know, you're in the, in these enforcer groups and stuff that have over 13,000 members and, and you put out questions and ask stuff and it's just like you get nothing. But like he said, if you put up a Bob Probert picture, all of a sudden it gets 210 likes and all these people replying to it. It's like, okay, but you can't reply to my question. You know, um, there seems to be a real hit and miss with the activity and the interaction that happens. And, and I've said this a million times and I mean, I won't keep harping. I won't, go on and on about it, but it goes back to being the creator thing when you're creating, um, and you, and you're looking for feedback and, and it's very frustrating, um, when you get nothing in return and, and it was, it's not like all of a sudden I walked into a room and just, and asked what about a fight podcast and everybody's looking at me like dumbfounded. No, I'm in a fight group, an enforcer group where I post my podcast every day. So there should be a number of people that could answer that question, but no one does. So it's very frustrating. Like I'm amongst fight fans, apparently, and you still don't get responses. I'm not saying you have to listen to every one of my shows, but like I often question, like everybody in there goes on and on about what big fight fans they are, but you don't, but then you see them talking about, like I said, they listen to Leafs lunch on the radio and stuff, but okay, but you won't listen to a fight podcast. Like, I'm not saying you have to listen to every one of my episodes, but it's like, okay, like if I was a fight fan and I was on a fight message board and I heard there'd be a podcast and guys either interviewing players or they're talking about old fights or what have you, why would I not log into that and check it out? I mean, I don't understand. Like, so I mean, I don't get it. And I mean, you get the, oh, I'm old. I don't under, I don't get podcasts. What do you mean you don't get them? I gave you the link to it. Just click the link and hit play. Like you logged into this, didn't you? Like, it's not like, I don't know why all of a sudden, you know, to, to listen to a podcast takes a fucking PhD from MIT all of a sudden, like what? It, hit play. It's not hard. Like, so I don't know. It's, 
whatever. But anyway, so it's just frustrating. And I understood Alex's frustration yesterday with it. And, um, I mean, regular listeners will know my, my staff have heard me rant and rave about this numerous times. So I'll just shut up now, but, but I'm just saying as a creator, it gets, it's very frustrating, but anyway, hold on, let's take a drink here and we'll get into these questions. Okay. Oh, well, you can Finland there. Um, not last junior or pro game you attended. Um, I looked, I I had to look into this because I can remember Jesse Assels was playing for the blades. So I went and looked. So it was 2012, 2013 was the last junior hockey game I was at. I believe I might have gone to one afterwards because a guy I used to work with got, would get tickets and we may have gone some random night, but I don't remember it. But I, I specifically remember going to the, because that was the year the Blades hosted the Memorial Cup as well. I remember going because there was a reality show on. Was there not? Well, there was. Now I can't remember if it was before or after. Anyway, I had seen this assholes fight a couple times and I wanted to see him in person. So, um, yeah, that would be the last game that I can remember going to. So that was a while. Um, uh, well, and then, uh, Steve and them are asked, or actually it was Jay and Iowa. Um, as people know, regular listeners know, we're trying to sell the condo and move into a house. We actually have the house. We know what house it is. We have in verbally agreed to buy it as soon as we sell this place. Um, so obviously we know the layout and everything else. Um, so we've already, okay, we're going to put this there. We're going to put this there. Like we've already got it in our minds, what we're doing. And I already have, uh, one of the back bedrooms downstairs already, uh, targeted to be the fourth line voice studios and to get all my stuff out and have it all out in the room. And I'm really looking forward to doing that. So when I first move in, that's the first thing I'm going to do. I mean, obviously we'll unpack everything and whatever, but my first order of business will definitely be to, or my main focus after we get everything it will be to go to work on that room and get all my stuff out. And like I said, I have stuff buried away in Rubbermaid tubs. It's been under my parents' ba- in my parents' basement for years since we moved out of the apartment. So I've, I, there's be shit in there that I, that I forgot I even owned, but, uh, I did laugh. They did ask if I wear Joe, the, uh, the merchandise, Joe Lazito's, uh, underwear. If I, if I wear them inside out. So Joe's kissing my ass all the time. I'm like, that's not, I wouldn't do that to Joe. I will say though, the few times that I've worn his, uh, the boxers, I mean, you know, they, people have often said they didn't realize Joe had such a big nose. So <laughs> elephant like really, yeah, probably be more Swedish berry like, but <laughs> what are we talking about here? Um, what was the first fight I remember seeing live? And what missing footage would I, would I say is like Holy Grail stuff? Um, I don't remember the first fight I saw. Obviously it would be the Blades because being in Saskatoon, that was what I saw. Um, the one, the one guy that really stands out for me and it would have been Kerry Clark because of his moonwalk. I remember that. And I remember his moonwalk starting a brawl. I remember that he was doing it and a guy came over and gave him a shot. And then there was a line brawl that I do remember that. Um, who he fought, I don't know. And actually I have it on tape. Of him doing the moonwalk and as a medicine hat guy, I think that goes over and shoves him, but then it cuts off. It doesn't show the brawl. But I, I was, I would have been at that game, 
And uh, although I'm sure his moonwalk probably started several brawls, but so that would have been about 87. So I'd been about 12. Um, that's the first, I mean, obviously on TV, I would have seen fights before that and whatever, but that fight stands out to me. Um, the Holy Grail of footage. Uh, there's a lot. I, I just, just old dub stuff in general, but I, I'd probably have to say probably Probert OHL fights would probably be, um, something I would, I would really, really like to see. And I mean, you know, but even like just in terms of Blades footage, I would love to see like old Dave Brown and Joey Koser, Saskatoon Blade stuff and Wendell Clark fights. I would love to see stuff like that. Definitely. Um, Okay, the uh, Matt. What are you asking me? Oh, hockey cards. What's the most valuable hockey card I own? Um, it's not graded, but it would probably be the Mario Lemieux rookie card. I have a few of them. I know some of them are pretty in rough shape, but I have one that's actually pr- pretty good. So that would probably be the most. I don't have the Gretzky, unfortunately. I wish I did. Um, what What's my holy grail for hockey cards? Um, I mean, everybody, I guess, would say the Gretzky or whatever, but you know. Um, in terms of just like, I, I collect like kind of tough guys. Now I always like kind of collecting tough guy cards for whatever reason. Um, probably the two cards that I'd really like to get that I didn't get, unfortunately when he was alive. And now that he's passed away is car- they're astronomical in price would be the Probert junior cards. Um, the Hamilton and the Sault Ste. Marie card. I don't have either of those. And I really wish I did. I had an opportunity to buy him back then. And I remember it was like the guy wanted, oh, I think he wanted a hundred bucks. <laughs> Why is my throat so sore? Um, I know he wanted a hundred bucks for the both of them, and I passed. And I should have bought them now, but oh well. Um, were you a comic book collector? And if so, what was your favorite comic book? Um, I was a comic book collector. Uh, wasn't like hardcore, but just as a kid, I would I would buy them. Um, you know. I should say, I guess for a little while, it's in, in elementary school. Like my friend Sean was a really big comic book collector, and I would go with him, and I think I just sort of got into a few of the titles. But uh, um, my favorite comic book of all time was The Punisher. Um, in 1985, I can remember when his limited series came out. And uh, so I was 10 years old, and for whatever reason, the artwork on the front cover is just amazing. And it just drew me in. And um, awesome limited series. And I went and bought, I probably have about the first 20 or so issues of his of his when his title came out and that would have been about 87. Um, and then I stopped, but, uh, yeah, definitely the Punisher. And I always sort of liked in terms of like, I, I was never into like Dr. You know, Strange or whatever, like the real spacey stuff. I always liked, um, this is going to sound weird the way I say it, but it, you'll get what I mean. But with like Spider-Man or Batman or Daredevil or Punisher, it was like they were real guys. Like, you know what I mean? It took place in, like, a real city, and, you know, they dealt with... Like, it wasn't, like, the paranormal shit. I was never into that. Um, so, yeah, that's always what kind of drew me to their comic books. But, yeah, The Punisher, by far, was my favorite one. Um, well, these are very evergreen questions. Favorite music? Favorite music? Um, well, I grew up, uh, of course, uh, through the hair metal generation. Uh, that was right in my high school years, so... I would definitely say hair metal, glam rock or whatever, poison, Cinderella warrant. Um, that's, I, and I'm still, I still dig those tunes. Um, probably my favorite, one of my favorite groups. There's a couple, uh, Skid Row. I love Skid Row. Uh, Slave to the Grind is probably one of my favorite, if not my favorite album of all time. Um, 
Sebastian Bach's voice is awesome. I just, I'm a big Skid Row fan, saw him in concert a few times with Aerosmith and with Bon Jovi. They were awesome. Um, my first concert was Poison. Um, look with the cat trick. No, Open Up and Say All, I think, was the, yeah, and they came, Tesla. Tesla and Poison was my first concert. It was an, and I love Tesla. Great. Uh, but yeah, no, it was a really great concert. But yeah, I would say my all time favorite band's probably Kiss. Um, saw them a few times. Uh, Kiss, Metallica. Skid Row, you know, that type of hair metal, that type of thing. Um, I basically all listen to everything. I'm a big country music fan. Luke Combs, Eric Church, um, you know, uh, you know, Kid Rock, Kid, uh, his concert was awesome when we went to it. So, I mean, basically anything but rap, really. Um, although for some odd reason on Netflix, there's a documentary, it's four seasons, uh, of called hip hop revolution. I've actually watched it all like twice. Uh, I really enjoyed it and, but I can't stand the music. Like I don't like NWA or anything, but I don't know. I found the, I found the documentary fascinating. Um, the, uh, the idea of like selling bootleg albums and shit and all that stuff really, it kind of reminds me of fight tapes for some reason, but no, it was really good, but no, I'm not a big rap guy or hip hop guy, but no, I'd probably say Kiss or Metallica would probably be my two favorite groups. And Skid Row. Um, <laughs> favorite beer, Rolling Rock. Uh, hard alcohol, uh, Captain Morgan Spiced Rum. Um, first, do you collect jersey and what the first jersey you ever owned? <clears throat> I have a few jerseys, nothing game worn. Um, well, Rocky Thompson, but, and Dean Mirad stuff, but, uh, uh, in terms of um, the first, but I mean, I have, I have like a Las Vegas, th- like I have some replica stuff. Um, first jersey I ever owned, though, will surprise people. It was, uh, I was 10 years old, and it was a Philadelphia Flyers number 25 Peter Zezel jersey. There you go. There's a surprise for the listeners. I love pizza. Peter Zezel, rest in peace. But that was, that was my first jersey. Uh, favorite athletes, a favorite athlete outside of hockey. Interesting. Well, in baseball, uh, Jose Canseco, football, uh, Lawrence Taylor, or Howie Long, golfer, John Daly, basketball, Larry Bird. Yeah, I'd say so. McGuire and Canseco, the Bash Brothers. I grew up again in that era. It was, you know, when they were big, what, 86, 87, 88, 89, right? So um, that was right kind of in my grade six, seven, eight, you know. Uh, you know, when I played baseball, Jose, I was wore 33 when I was growing up and, uh, yeah, he was, he was my favorite. Like I've, I've mentioned on here before we got in the summer holidays in the, in the eighties, um, we'd visit my grandma out in BC and we'd go across the border to Seattle and the A's were always in Seattle when we were there. So I got to see Conseco, uh, every year for about three or four years in a row and, uh, and him and McGuire just hitting bombs and BP. It was awesome. Uh, comedy, favorite comedian, past and present. Uh, past Rodney Dangerfield, uh, present Bill Burr, favorite TV show, uh, Three's Company growing up, John Ritter, fucking comedic genius. I actually have the Three's Company box sets. I have every season on box on DVD. I was a massive Three's Company fan growing up. Um, and like present day stuff. I mean, I mean, you have your Seinfelds and your Letter Kenny and Trailer Park Boys. Uh, watched all that stuff. I'm, it's it's interesting um, as I'm thinking about it now. I really actually don't watch a lot of TV anymore. Um, I don't. I guess I find I'm I'm watching more like YouTube videos and Netflix and stuff. Um, TV shows that I regularly watch. I can't. I don't think there's a show that I regularly watch anymore. 
I mean, I guess Letterkenny, but, um, yeah. Like most of the time I'm on like, you know, like the old channels where I'm watching Seinfeld reruns, really. Um, I will say the one show that kind of cracks me up is the Goldbergs. It kind of cracks me up just for the fact that, um, it's just the time period. So I remember all that stuff, you know, with the VHS or the VCRs and all that stuff, because that's exactly the same. I'm sure it's like the same age as I would have been. So, um, yeah, that's, that shows kind of interesting, but yes, there we go. Um, what was the most stacked NHL team in terms of toughness? Um, this was interesting. I did actually kind of look into this a little bit. Um, you know, it's, well, I mean, with Detroit, I mean, you have, you know, with, obviously with the tandem of Probert and Coaster, but then you throw in, you know, Gallant, they had Gerard Gallant with them a couple of years. Um, 88-89, they had Chris King with them. 90-91, you had Probert, Coaster, and Randy McKay. That's pretty badass. Um, I think that was the year Coaster got traded, but for a little while, that tandem right there. Um, you know, the old Bruins teams go back, Jesus, O'Reilly, Jonathan, Winsick, you know, I mean, I mean, I know it's Milbury, but I mean, he would fight, you know, whatever. But Milbury, Al Secord, Cashman, I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty solid right there. Um, you know, the old Blackhawks teams with Pro, yeah, one year, Probert, Manson, Smolik, Reed Simpson, Brad Brown, Jamie Allison, Mark Jansen, Vandebush, Russell, uh, Bon Van Remy, Royer at, at, at times in the season. I mean, that's unreal. Um, of course, the old Buffalo team with May Ray. The one year it was, uh, I got 91-92. I mean, you got May Ray, which is the all-time. The 91-92 Buffalo Sabres are the all-time, most penalized team of all time. And it's like May, it has Brad May's rookie year. May Ray, Jay Wells, Gordonley, Brad Miller. I mean, that's pretty solid. Um, of course, the few years after that, of course, they had Barnaby to the mix. So, you know, you get Ray May and Barnaby. That's pretty solid. Of course, Edmonton had Marty and Semenko and McClellan. I mean, that, poof. As I'm saying that out loud, that's actually pretty vicious, those three right there. Um, I will say one of the teams I always, I always like, cause I, I had their, I was looking at their DVDs the other night, uh, it was 0405, the, I know it's not the NHL, but you know, you go to the LNAH, I mean, and a lot of those teams, like Lavals and all them had stacked teams, but I just happened to notice the 0405 Sorrell team, cause I had the disc sitting here, but I mean, you have Darcy Johnson, Jason Rushton, Craig Brunel, Jason Renard, John Morasti, Adam Steffish, and, uh, Dean Mayrad, uh, Brad Lambert, Jack Redlick, and Corey Holland. I mean, that's a pretty vicious team right there, so, um, those are great DVDs too that, that year. Um, so that's probably who, just some of the teams. I mean, you know, I mean, with St. Louis, of course, you have, you know, you have the combo of Twist and Chase. And, um, uh, actually, there is a Twitter tournament I might bring back, is like the tag team tournament. Um, I did, uh, duos, deadliest duos. I only did it once, but I think I'm going to do that again. That might be my first Facebook tournament that I'm going to have, but I'm not going to, I don't feel like listening to why isn't he, why aren't they in it for a little while? But maybe I'll do that next month. But, uh, yeah, there's a few anyway for you. Um, uh, I will get to Steve's question. Steve, well, Steve and his essay question there in a second. Um, oh, John asked me from the old fight league. Uh, yeah, last week when I, when, when I talked about McIntyre winning the minor league mayhem tournament, and I said in their primes, I wouldn't have had McIntyre beat Link. And he asked me uh, who would beat a prime Link. Well, I mean... I mean, ultimately, you could say Probert did uh, in their fight because I don't think Link won that. Although I don't know if I'd say Probert won that fight. Um, but I, no, in all seriousness, like I think a prime Link, if he hadn't gotten to the car accident, never mind the off ice stuff. Because I mean, 
There, there was plenty of guys that had off ice stuff that managed to have a 10, you know, 10, 15, well, Probert being one of them had a decade long career. Um, but if he hadn't gotten to the car accident and could have like, and San Jose had kept him around, um, yeah, I think we would have been talking, uh, with Link, I, and to make the round, cause that's the thing. I mean, people forget. I mean, Link Gates played under a hundred NHL games. So, um, you know, but if he had been around for all those years and, and fought the twists and, well, he already fought the twists in junior, but you know what I'm saying? The Barubis and the Domies and, you know, made his way around the league for, for a bunch of years and we could have really gotten a, you know, a real, real, um, a real uh, picture, a solid picture of Link's career. Um, because I don't think you can view it from the brain injured, um, LNAH out of shape who gives a shit guy. Um, I mean, even then he was, he was lethal when you watch his fights. It wasn't like he was getting beat up, but it was like, you know, when he had some great fights with Cote and Sugden and, um, Serge Roberge and, and all those guys. So, I mean, he, I mean, that's what I always say. You look at those fights and that's, uh, that's after a major car accident and head trauma like serious brain injuries that he had to come back from. And he's doing that with those guys. So, uh, so, I mean, I don't think, no one's going to be able to talk me out of what I believe. Now, do I think a, a prime link, like if link Gates had played 15 years, he'd be the greatest of all time. Yeah. No, I mean, that's a large statement. No, I don't think so. But I mean, I think he would have been in the conversation of a top 25. I, I really firmly believe that. Maybe I'm up my ass, but no, if he could have played, you know, 10 years, 15 years. Um, the thing with Link is you watch a lot of his fights. Link was a slow starter, but once he got going, he was pretty vicious and you weren't going to knock him out. You just take it. So no, I, I think it's a real shame that, uh, we never got to see it. A, a real prime Link Gates in the NHL. Uh, we only saw brief glimpses of it. And, and the stuff that's out there, he's a young kid. Like everybody, oh, Carlsford destroyed him. Well, he didn't go down. And he was 20 years old fighting Joey Koser and just taking Koser's shots and still coming. Like, yeah, Koser busted him up, but Link's standing there taking it. So, you know, add five, six years, like 26, 27 year old prime Link Gates. And then see what happens. Like, you know, so yeah he uh it would have been something to see link in his prime for sure playing out in the nhl would have been you know as fans we missed out you know and of course link i feel bad for link with the accident and everything else i mean the off ice shit that's that's his own doing but you know he wasn't even with the car accident wasn't even him so he was a passenger so um you know so it's unfortunate uh we never got to see that but uh well then i have a few kind of loaded questions here um who are my top five all time? Well, there you go. You know what? And I was thinking as I was thinking about this, I've never actually said what my top 10 or my, I've never done a top 10 list of my own. Um, so I actually thought about it again, it could probably be flip flopped as, as you know, whatever way the wind blows. But as of, as I'm sitting here right now, um, my top five of all time. Um, well, I would say, uh, number five, we'll go five to one. Um, Brashear. And number four would be Ben Wilson. I think number three would be Dave Brown. Number two would be George LaRock. And number one would be Probert. Um, yeah. Now, again, I mean, I've seen some people, they'll, they'll throw in a Bugard or a Joey Koser or that type of thing. And again, I, I have no, I don't know about Koser. Um, 
Bugard, uh, to me, he didn't play long enough, unfortunately. Um, that's my reasoning. But if somebody wanted to put him in there, I wouldn't argue. Um, I don't, the problem is you're, you're crossing eras and it's like, well, you know, so things change much like today's players change with technology and science and whatever. So, I mean, the older guys were sort of like, you know, somebody would say, well, Bugard would kill Probert. I don't know if he'd kill him, but that's been said. Um, but I said the mindset at that time was completely different. Um, you know, and that, that'll go into my next question here that Steve asked me. Steve asked me an essay question. I put on my glasses for that one. But, um, yeah, I mean, when those guys, when the, when the Goddards and the McGrattans and Colt Norris and those guys were playing, I mean, those guys were unbelievable. Goddard I'd have up there too. Um, McGrattans and guys like that. Um, but all those guys were five minute nuclear weapons. And, uh, and and there's nothing wrong with that. But that was just the at the frame. That was the in vogue thing in hockey at the time was nuclear weapons. I mean, those guys didn't play in junior. Like that's the thing with Probert and Berube and Domi and all those guys. Those guys all played regular shifts in junior. Probert, like Berube and them were thirty goal scorers. You know, they were like serviceable top line junior guys. They weren't like fourth line goons. Um, whereas like Colton Hoare didn't play in junior. Like he was, you know few shifts a period guy same with Bugard you know and and stuff like that so um it became much more of a specialized position where those guys trained and they took the boxing and the jitsu and 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 focused on it and you know whatever you could say some of them obviously took whatever you know okay whatever again that goes back to what I was saying it wasn't like the 80s and 90s guys weren't doing stuff either but you know what I'm saying it became much more specialized so I think it's very hard to because Probert and them still had to play. Like, Probert played 15 minutes a game, you know. So, and then he had to fight these guys. So, I think that, and even LaRock, I mean, LaRock would have played more than those guys, but he didn't play like Probert, the minutes Probert did. So, you know, um, again, all these could be flip-flopped in and out. I've seen people put Brown at number one. Okay. Um, you know, but, oh, Probert beat Brown. Well, yeah, but, I mean... There was a lot of guys Brown beat that Probert didn't, and likewise, um, not a lot, but there was guys, you know what I mean. Um, so, yeah, it, um, but I mean, in the case of, as I, I mentioned with LaRock and Brashear, I mean, you could shit on those guys all you want. I mean, I don't know, for a while there, you could count on one hand how many losses they had, you know, and uh, like those guys were vicious dudes. Or they weren't vicious in LaRock's case. If he was, the league would have been a lot, a lot worse off. But, uh, yeah, the, the proof is in the pudding, though. You can say whatever you want about them, but at the end of the day, uh, they didn't lose. So, um, yeah, I would say right now, as, as I'm sitting here, that's my top five. So, um, yeah, this next is, Should Don Cherry have been fired? Uh, that's a very, yeah, um, well, it's an interesting question. Um, now I've, I've often seen you always, when Cherry's name comes up, there's always, always a racist. Mm. Well, oh, cause he says this about Russians or Finnish Swedish players or whatever. Well, first of all, I've always said, first of all, <clears throat> he's talking about the style of play. He's not talking about the country and the people that live there. He's not talking about Swedish people. He's talking about soft hockey and there, and that country's, idea and versions of hockey which differ from north america i.e the soft and whatever it's about hockey 
it's not about people. So that's not racism. It's just technique styles. Um, cause he's often stuck up for Melkin and Ovechkin and stuff. So no, he's not, he doesn't have anything against Russian people. Um, just, it's the style of play. So that doesn't make him a racist. Um, I know he's said numerous times that he himself is a nationalist and, um, which <laughs> it's interesting because when you talk about nationalism, I mean, that's sort of, uh, you know, there's a racism angle to that. I mean, you could say that is, um, so I know I'm getting all social, social in depth here. Um, um, in terms of him getting fired, he has said a lot worse things on the air. I think this is the point. CBC wanted to cut his salary. So, and he gave him the opportunity to do so. Um, I, do I think, I, I, did he say it in a, did he, now this is just me speculating. Um, when he said, like clearly when he said you people, it was at the, whatever you want to call it, the new Canadians, um, so there was, I guess there's a racial component to that, but I, I know what he meant in terms of it's a simulation, assimilation. And, uh, you know, you're here now, you should wear the poppy and respect the th- I get what he was getting at. It wasn't like a, a racial type KKK thing. It was no. So I know what he was getting at. Um, it, of course, like anything, it got completely overblown, um, because everything with Cherry, I think, is is obviously, um, you know, very hypersensitive when, when he talks. Um, so, do I believe he's a racist? No. Um, he, I believe he's a nationalist. Now, some will say that's the same thing. Uh, and in a lot of cases, it is. Um, you know, I don't know. Maybe maybe he is. I don't know the person. I'm not sitting at the kitchen table listening. I mean, maybe he goes on rants. Um, I don't think so, but maybe he does. I don't know. I, I guess as a I you know, and that's the fanboy in me. I'd like to think he doesn't. Um, should he have been fired? Uh, no, but I also see why they did because I can see how it gets how it was taken and. At the end of the day, it probably shouldn't have been said. Well, and at the end of the day, it's, it's a, I know, I guess that's a shtick and everything else, but you're, it's, it's the coach's corner. You're there to talk about hockey, not about politics or anything else. So it's a topic that shouldn't even have been up, brought up anyway on air. Like I'm sure with a lot of these people on air, if you brought up their political views or whatever, oh, there'd be lots of people getting fired, I'm sure, canceled or whatever, you know, and I don't think that's, I will say I don't think that's the the place for politi- for politics was on Coach's Corner. Put it that way. Again, it's his show; he can do what he wants. But it, well, apparently he can't do what he wants. But he did for many years. So, and I'm sure it's not like he's sleeping under bridges. He's got millions, so it's not a big deal. And in fact, he actually listened to. Well, I will say if you're a Don Cherry fan, him actually getting fired was probably the best thing that ever happened because now he has a podcast, and you, instead of hearing him for five minutes a week, as Joe pointed out, you can hear him for. I don't even know how it's on once a week or you you get 45 minutes to an hour of them a week. So it was probably the best thing that happened actually in terms of fandom. If you want to listen to Don Cherry, actually it's, it's weird. I always actually forget Don Cherry has a podcast. Um, I've listened to it a few times, but I was, whenever I'm searching for podcasts for some reason is I never think of his, which I should, I should go back and listen to him. Um, so I don't know. Uh, 
like I said, it's it's a loaded question. I don't think I think the subject matter he was talking about had no place on in that segment. Um, I will say that, but um, I'm not going to jump jump on the hypersensitive woke train and say he's like a raving racist and burning crosses on people's lawns or anything because that's just ridiculous too. Um, so I don't think that. Um, I think if he had just stuck stuck to hockey, I think he'd still be on the air, and uh, and I kind of wish he had had wish he had. But, um, there you go. You see me slide out of that. Um, I don't really know what the answer is. Cause I mean, you know, do I think what he's, I understood what he meant and I don't think it was a racial slur. It was about assimilation to Canada and, uh, which in a lot of ways I agree with, um, that doesn't make me a racist. Um, not, there's a lot in nationalism that I agree with in terms of like, love your country and all that stuff. Um, but it has nothing to do with race. Um, although, again, when you when you look into the, the subject and what it income what it, it uh, all entails, there is definitely some racial themes to it, um, which I guess inevitable, you know, that's which happens with that. So, um, but I get it. I, I understood what he meant. Um, again, it wasn't the racial slur that I think people think. Some people think it was. Um, but again, I will say at the end of the day, there was no reason for him to be talking about politics and stuff like that. I, again, it was about a poppy and remembrance. So nah, now that I'm think, saying that, yeah, I get that too. Cause he was always about the soldiers and stuff. And that, that was cool when he used to do that with the first responders and the teachers and the soldiers. And he'd always talk about that. Uh, so I respected him for doing that. Jeez. Now I'm backtracking on what I just said. Um, Yeah. It's just, it was, it was just shitty. It was a shitty, uh, it was a, I guess it was, it's a, a polarizing topic. And I think, and again, people grabbed it and a lot of assumptions and, and blowing things up, which unfortunately happens in today's day and age. So that's, there's my answer for that. <clears throat> okay. I had to old Probert was com. Steve, he's a real wordsmith. So I, this will be my final question. Um, Oh, this is like a, this will be an essay, but, uh, what are your thoughts regarding the evolution of fighting in hockey from the game's inception to today? Has fighting evolved as a direct result of rule changes in the game or a natural progression based more on the changes in society and the way that affects how fans feel about fighting in general? Take a deep dive into the history of fighting and its effects on the game. Oof. That, that could be like a thesis type of question. Um, I won't go into it that deep right now. Um, your history of fighting topic, Steve, that is a topic you and I should definitely get you back on the show to discuss. I'm going to do a lot. I'm going to do more research into that because that is something I would really like to cover. I know Alec and, and Shane did, um, as well, but I think, uh, yeah, I know Steve is very passionate about the history of the game and I'm definitely going to get Steve on. And that is something that I want to talk to him about. Um, now, in terms of his question, I, I kind of talked about it with the Bugard thing, with the evolution of fighting. I think it became a lot more specialized. Um, now, I think when people say right now it has evolved to the fighting that we have now, I think actually right now is a regression in fighting because I don't think anybody playing now is anywhere near as tough as the guys that used to be playing. Um, so, uh, in, in that sense, um, I'm sort of all over with your question here. Well, I think... Fighting in hockey, I think sports in general definitely mirror society as we've changed. Um, I think the vocal minority have taken over. Like I said, was, I've often said that with social media. The, the 
the vocal minority is the Gen Z group because that's who populates social media for the most part. And they didn't grow up with the stuff that we grew up with. So they think 80s and 90s and everything needs, like my brother said today, and I completely agree with him. Everybody now, it's all, everything and anything is about change. Everything, oh, we got to change because apparently everything we did back in the day was just bloody awful, according to some people. Yet the people yelling about change have no idea what they're changing. Um, they weren't around in the 80s and 90s. They just assume everything was bad back then or they've been led to believe that. Um no, I think as, I, I think as, you know, the CTE has really, obviously that changed a lot of things. Um, the, the death of the senior hockey player in the fight, that changed a lot of things. Um, like you'll see a real outcry about fighting when there's a big knockout or someone gets hurt in a fight. And it's kind of like, well, what did you think has been going on this whole time? Like, and all of a sudden now it became real to you. Like, Fighting's always been vicious. Um, uh, I've, I've often said when they talk about head trauma, I mean, I, I've always said, explain to me how you're going to avoid head trauma in a, in a contact sport. I'd like to riddle me that one, but, uh, somehow people think you can, I don't know how, especially when you start speeding the game up. Um, that's the problem. I think you had a lot of people making changes to try to satisfy the woke mob and at the same time they've made it more dangerous and um like i said you took out center ice you can't hold up opponent they took out obstruction and you took out the the enforcer and so there's no consequence to any of your actions so oh we got rid of the enforcer oh it's great now okay well is it so now you just got guys running around being donkeys with no retribution and no one's scared of anything you know and you can't hold anybody up so you got guys taking free runs at people and you know, I, I think it's more dangerous now than it's ever been. Not to say back in the 80s and 90s it wasn't, because it was. Nothing's absolute in this world, but I mean, I think it was a lot more, it was a lot more controlled in the sense that when you had, um, con- when, well, when there was consequences to your actions, you could run, there was guys that ran around and were dickheads. And there was stuff that got, you know, but I, I think the star players, um, certainly did not get abused like they do now. It's sort of open game on everybody now, um, where, like, you know, and with Gretzky, but it's Sackick and Hall. Like, I don't remember those guys getting abused. Now, I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm sure it did. Because, um, again, nothing's absolute. But at the same time, you could go do it, but you were going to pay a heavy price. And and it was going to be that game or the next game. It wasn't like now they get mad and they block each other on Instagram. That's the extent of their how they get upset. But, um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of rambling off of your question here, Steve. I don't think I'm focusing enough on it. Um, I'm just sort of, uh, I'm in a daze here as I'm trying to wrap up the episode, but that the history of fighting in hockey is something I definitely want to cover with you. And I think where I can, I'll do a lot more focused in on it. Um, your question now, I'm sort of all over the place on it. Um, like I said, I think we, like I said, it's just, it, unfortunately with anything in life in any subject, the pendulum always swings too far, right? We can never seem to write it in the middle. It's always to the extremes on either side. So, and I think, and now, unfortunately, you've seen the, um, you're seeing the results of the, the rule changes for political reasons at the junior level. Um, everybody, all these GMs and commissioners and everything and all these junior A leagues and stuff, they want to appear like they're, look at, look how progressive we are. 
So they put in all these rules, but they're not really asking any of the hockey people about these rules. Or the hockey people they are asking are all trying to get NHL jobs or trying to hold on to whatever position they have. So they're just going to go along with whatever. That's what bugs me the most of the hypocrites. You see these guys on TV and, oh, that's just terrible. They shouldn't be doing that. But then when you talk to them in private... They're like, oh yeah, hockey sucks and they should fight more and whatever. But as soon as they get on TV, they're, they're whatever the flavor of the month is, is they think it's great. Um, you know, and I understand people need jobs, but it's just like, yeah, you know. So you see hockey people trying to, you know, whatever, trying to appear woke and whatever. And it's, and, and that's fine to have it, you know, everyone as we get older, I like, you know, maybe our minds get changed and I'm sure, once there's once their kids start playing, you start viewing. See, I don't have kids, right? But once their kids are playing, they view things different. They don't view it as how they played, and uh, or they know what the pain they went through, and they don't want to see their kid go through. I understand that, and I completely, I get it. Um, at the same time, again, it goes to the pendulum. I think it's gone too far, and I think with all these rule changes and everything else, no one ever asked the players what they want. That's my biggest issue. And I know people, I know coaches and GMs that have sat in these league meetings and it's embarrassing. And you've let, I said, you let a bunch of new age yahoos that took the, that took the coaching clinics that have no history of hockey, but they're involved now into these league meetings. And they're the ones that, oh, no, we should, we don't need fighting and it's wrong and whatever. And so they've put in these fight limits and everything else. And you're seeing a direct report, you're seeing, the first few years was whatever because he still had a lot of the leftover guys. But now, this generation that you see now coming into the NHL and into the pro game are the direct result of fight limits. So these kids don't. It's a completely different game. So, and I've and I've often yelled at people on here that talk about the enforcer coming back and no it's not like they've there is no those people that say that clearly are not paying any attention to junior hockey they have put in stopgap measures in junior hockey to cut off to make sure there is no enforcer anymore there isn't and you could oh this kid's tough you could whatever there's always going to be a tough kid now and again but they'll fight four and five times. Like there, there's no more. Like these guys in junior in the eighties and nineties would average twenty plus fights a year. That's what was tough. A lot of these kids won't have twenty fights in ten years. So no, it's a completely different mindset and uh, the way to and the way the game is approached. So um, I know Steve, I didn't answer your question thoroughly here, but. Um, yeah, like I said, it, as the decades have gone on, there was there was a different. Um, it was just the way hockey was viewed, right? In the seventies and stuff, eighties, those guys played. In the nineties, it became much more specialized, and especially in the two thousands, and then it just went away, and it's starting to slowly fade. And uh, each sort of decade era had its own mindset towards fighting, and that is something I definitely want to investigate further. I'm not going to just do it here in five minutes, but. Um, yeah, and I guess I guess that means that each generation's mindset on fighting has has changed as well, um, and and that's the thing. People will say, "Oh, I've evolved. We know more now." Yeah, but I you changed it for all the wrong reasons. You didn't change you what you thought you were changing for the better. You've made worse, and unfortunately now, I've, as a the I like to say, the toothpaste is out of the tube, and you can't. It, there's there's no going back now. And unfortunately, you've created an unsol- you've you've created an unsolvable mess. 
and I don't want to just sound like Chicken Little in the head and the sky's falling, but you're never going to come back to uh, accountability. Well, although you could admit, is there accountability in society at all anymore? But there's not going to be accountability in hockey anymore. And it, well, suspensions and refs and no, that's not accountability. Suspensions never scared anybody. Um, no, it's just completely different. And it's, um, yeah, they've, it, they've tilted it too far the other way and they broke the table. So there, it's not coming back. And, uh, and unfortunately, um, as I guess for these people making the, for as well-meaning as the rule changes were, it created, it, it created problems that I don't think that was the problem. It created problems that people that have no experience didn't see. Whereas people involved in the game and played saw coming, but they weren't in the meetings to, to voice that. And I think the problem was, is everything became political and they wanted to just window dress it up and, uh, they could just say, oh, we have a fight rule now because we care. We don't want them fighting anymore. Oh, oh, that's just great. Look at that. What a, so progress. Oh, they're going to put on full cages. That'll be great. It'll be so much safer now. But yet, you've did you talk to anyone that played college hockey? Did any, Has anyone in that room played junior and then played college? None of them would. Every one of them would tell you it's dirtier. But those people weren't at the table. So in theory, if you think you talk to the lay person, if I put a mask on, full mask, that would be safer, would it not be? So most people would be like, well, yeah, of course. No. But that's the problem. And those are the people that were at the table, and those are the people making the rules. And this is why we get what we get. So I know that was a long-winded who shot John uh, explanation and probably didn't really answer your question, but that is what I will leave on anyway. Um that was a fun, I enjoyed the question and answers. I, I will, hopefully you guys did too. I mean, I don't know if I shook, broke any new ground or anything like that, but uh, it, I, I sort of like those episodes and uh, um, I, I plan on doing more in the future. I'd like to save some of the questions like I did. And, uh, you know, when we get stuck for guests or what have you or, or topics, like I said, guys, hey, two shows a week, it's, I'm grinding out stuff to talk about here. And because uh, I, 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 I find, I think in my head, like I said, I don't go back and listen, but I, I think in my head, I repeat a lot of shit or you're kind of chewing your food twice and it might, it just the names are different. And I'm, so I don't want to do that. I don't want to bore people. Uh, maybe this is boring to people. I don't know. Very possibly could have been. Um, but I kind of want to do different stuff. So, um, again, if you have any show ideas, feel free to get a hold of me. But uh, we'll shut her down here. But hopefully I'll have a guest for you on Wednesday. And uh, But nonetheless, regardless, if I do or not, I will be back here on Wednesday talking to you guys. But I hope everybody has a good good start to the work week. And I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Check me out on social media, 4th Line Voice on Twitter, as well as on Facebook. Drop me a line. And 4th uh, Line Voice on YouTube. I have over 2,500 fight videos. Definitely check them out. Any league you're looking for, just type it into the search. It'll come up. Everything's been sorted. So... Um, actually tonight, I think I'm going to get, or maybe tomorrow I'll get up my DVDs. I'll add, I'll upload some new stuff for you guys. Well, it's old stuff, but it'll be new to you. But, uh, all right guys, we'll get out of here. Thank you very much for tuning in again. And uh, I'll talk to you everybody on Wednesday. Thanks guys. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 